A's for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. Russell Vampire. So I can't remember the joke. Russell Brandpire? Yeah, I can't do his British accent. I can only do like perverted Harry Potter, but that's Henry Porter. Henry Porter. Henry, yeah, he's just like, fucking Henry. Get in a fucking hot tub, Henry. <laughs> Russell Vampire. Get in the van, Henry. That's We're good. going for a ride to the Tenderloin. Well, you had a good, good Halloween? Yeah, it was pretty good. So far, so good. We take the kid out in a couple days. We're mm-hmm. gonna we get to actually do real Halloween. I mean, this other Halloween is real Halloween too. It's just ladies in revealing clothes and dudes who are just wearing jean vests who are like, "Yeah, I'm Schneider from One Day at a Time." Did you uh, Did you find it difficult to hang out with a bunch of uh, people who were overly intoxicated? No. Not really. No. Not anymore. Yeah. I mean, I definitely get out of there before people start spitting and saying the same thing over and over again. <laughs> I mean, there are a few seated in the crowd who just say the same shit to me over and over again. But I, I don't judge them for it because I did that exact same fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Just, I just am looking at like an old videotape of myself going, yeah. wow, there's some funny business tonight. It's going to be a little funny here. People taking shots of like Bacardi and you're like, God, that's going to hurt in the morning. It was all tequila, man, and I'm like, oh. everybody here is going to feel like crap tomorrow, and you know what? I'm going to get up and probably not feel like crap. It's going to be like 99% <laughs> chance I'm not going to feel as crappy as you. I probably will feel like crap in one way or another, but not like that. Not like that? You'll be able to get out of bed and won't have the stench of grease paint and tequila. tequila. Yeah, exactly. You just look like a girl just been crying. <laughs> At left at the high school dance. That's kind of dark, but you know, mm-hmm. that's not even that dark. It's more sad than dark. Yeah, I'm sure we could get darker if we wanted but to. Yeah, if she were in the Harry Potter van, the Henry Potter van. Get in the van. Speaking of dark yeah. places, today is R for rock bottom. Oh, I got to stretch out. I got to stretch mm-hmm. out for rock bottom. Ugh. Well, yeah. You know, funny thing about rock bottom, if, if I can take the lead here, yeah. is um, I think. And I've said this before on previous podcasts, when you mention to non-alcoholics that you're an alcoholic in recovery, they tend to think of your bottom mm-hmm. immediately. Like, how bad did it get, you know? And and when you mentioned to me this was one of the letters, I thought it was very interesting because there are different variations of rock bottom. And rock bottom in of itself, the phrase sounds like this is the lowest absolute point I can get to. And I think sometimes that doesn't ring true for active alcoholics like it's not i think you have tons of bottoms and i think sometimes maybe your rock bottom isn't your lowest bottom it's just that moment where you just kind of scrape against that uh, a bottom and go well fuck i can't live like this anymore you know Mm -hmm. because i've had way lower bottoms than the one that actually gave me that moment of clarity where i was like wow i am fucking up you know like this is not manageable i cannot do this anymore yeah yeah. Well, it's like your your analogy for the uh, the manhole and and on the side of the side of the truck, and you keep trying to like jump out of the car and dive right into the manhole. You do that yeah, trick, clip the side of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And sometimes it's like, what if you just kind of put your toe out there and clip your toe, and you're like, oh, that's not good. I better not do that again. And you learn yeah. your lesson. Very simple. It um, is, yeah. 
because mine just, was 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 pretty bad, but it wasn't. You know, again, there was no jail time, and there was no there were no arrests. There was, you know, there were some people who got very hurt, and mm-hmm. there was some financial, you know, um, there was debt that was incurred, and there were some other things that could have gone wrong. But it was just one yeah. of those things where it's like I I kind of just said, oh, I have to stop this, and you I you know I think for me I saw I I actually started to see some patterns. You know, because you're when you're so into it and you're so kind of just running around being an, you know, being an asshole, <laughs> for lack of a better word, you're not paying attention to anybody else. No, you're so self focused. It's like you're holding. It's just a constant selfie stick. Yes, you know what I mean? yeah, <laughs> it it's totally like the is. Eternal selfie stick. It's just mm-hmm. looking me. And you know, man, it's it's even that moment of clarity you have for me personally wasn't my worst bottom. It was just when I realized that enough was enough. You know, it's different for everybody because whenever we, whenever I speak of my rock bottom, I always, I always explain the same way you do. I'm like, I didn't go to jail. I didn't end up without (laughs) Mm -hmm. a home. I didn't end up, you know what I mean? Drinking fucking sterno or rubbing alcohol. And some people did do that. And, but that is also what was manageable to them at that point in time. You know, we're all different. So all of our alcoholism, it runs in varying degrees, you know, of, of, of what we're willing to accept. And, and right. it just, I was done accepting that, I, you know, and I'm not saying that a low bottom where like, you know, you're at the very desperate dregs of society is, is any worse than mine. Do you know what I mean? Is any worse than mine emotionally? It's just some people are hardier than others. Yes. You know, their capacity to deal with difficulties is a lot larger than mine, you know, in a lot of ways they are, they're a lot stronger. <laughs> Absolutely. Know? And I was going to say you know, I have nothing but respect for those people because they went out and did that for me almost in a way. You know, mm-hmm. it's like th- those are things that I use as an example. There was there's bottoms where I've been drinking with people and I remember drinking with a guy one night and he's like, you know, Jerry, whenever I think about that, I drink too much and I'm an alcoholic. I just go out with you and you remind me that I'm not as fucking bad as you. You know, and like that to me was a, a bottom like that was like the wind knocked out of my lungs. Yeah. You know, it was like, wow, I'm an example for this guy, you know, you know, and then there's the obvious ones, the ones that are like crying, desperately ruining relationships, crashing cars. And I, I didn't kill anybody. I didn't crash a car. I didn't you know, I stole a lot of shit while I was drunk, but I never got caught stealing shit, you know, mm-hmm. but regardless, like I didn't I don't. I don't think I hit anybody. I don't remember. There were some. There was a night I almost got in a fight, but I ended up falling on the guy because I was so drunk. So that was like the worst fight ever. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I I guess I like the subject because there's just so many different ways to look at bottom. You know, mm-hmm. to look and at bottoms. I think the the biggest word in in some of the uh, is is manageability. Yes, you know, that's, we couldn't yeah. manage it. So that's different for everybody. Every single person has something you know, more that they can manage or less than they can manage. And you go, well, God damn it. This is just not manageable anymore. And, and I front in retrospect, I look back at those times where I was now in my head, I go, good Lord, how did you deal with that? How did you make that work? How did you make that day? How did you make Mm -hmm. that hangover? How did you not give up? You know, why did you even go on? Like that was so hard in today. That would be so hard to manage. Yes, that that would be unacceptable. It would be unacceptable. I wouldn't I wouldn't yeah. allow myself to even get that far. I don't right. think that I could, you know, and we've discussed this before where 
if I ever was going to pick up a drink again, it would I would have that first drink and I think I would be immediately like, oh man, this is not going to go anywhere. I don't know that. I mean, maybe maybe I would just right off fall off the rails and go crazy and be gone for eight days and maybe come yeah. back and maybe not. Yeah. But I just feel like knowing what I know in recovery, I would. I wouldn't even be able to get to that point of unmanageability. I would feel a lot of remorse and guilt and I would have one drink and I'd be like, this is fucking bullshit. This is, I can't, you know? Yeah. I can't say that for sure. And I certainly don't want to, I don't want to find out, (laughs) but yeah, it's funny because like from my perspective, sober, I can look at it sober and in recovery and trying to live mentally and physically healthy. I can look at that and go, God, I don't, I couldn't do that either. I couldn't do it either. But I know I am incredibly certain that if I started drinking again, I could I could definitely get back to that place where things that were unacceptable while I was in recovery would become completely acceptable in the in alcohol yeah. in active alcoholism. Like because it's almost like you just punch back into the old job again. You know, yeah. you're just like, well, I guess I'm back here fucking washing dishes again. So. <laughs> You know, I guess having, I was saying is that I, I was hoping that my recovery would be strong enough to keep me away absolutely. from the second or third or fourth or fifth drink. <laughs> exactly. And that's that's positive thinking, though. Yeah. That's, that's the fail safe like you should have in your mind. Your exit strategy, your fail safe is that like my recovery is strong enough that if a slip ever were to happen, I would hope that I'd be able to pull myself out of it. I mean, I hear the message a lot in our in a program we go to where it's just like. That's it. You have that first drink. You're fucking fucked. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you may or may not be. I mean, I've been in recovery with people who have had slips and been perfectly fine. And I've been in recovery with people who I've never fucking seen again. I've been in recovery with people who would who died in jail from having a slip. I mean, you never know. You never yeah. know. It's uncertain. You know, it's incredibly uncertain. There's also the idea that... Um like you said, it doesn't take long to get back into it, that your body, they talk about it sometimes that this, the, this is a, what do they call it? A degenerative disease or, yeah. um, so that even while you're not drinking, the disease is still there and it still grows inside of you so that were you to activate it again, it would be at a higher level than it was when you quit drinking, whether that yeah. was, you know, three days ago or three months ago or three years ago. So I think about, Oh God! What if I took a drink now? Like, what kind of what kind of mad you know madness would it activate? And I yeah. don't want to be anywhere mm-hmm. near that. Well, yeah, yeah. And then you throw in recovery to that relapse, and you're like, "Woo! Mm-hmm. You got a head full of program." <laughs> and you now you're like, you know, now you know you've tasted the good life. I I've I've known close people who may have recovered, and I remember talking to someone real close to me about it and i'm like you know that poor person they're in hell because they know what they're capable of when they're not drinking and now they're drinking again and this person like yeah i was starting to get worked up about it feeling empathetic and also like you know that's an awful feeling and uh this person was like you know you gotta look at your 24 hour chip you know because that's all you have that's all you're ever gonna get is those 24 hours so even though this person is going through a relapse all they have is that 24 hours every day of that relapse over and over again so they have they have a choice at that point not a choice but you know what i mean they 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 do and don't because i don't really like the word choice because then it it's it's weird when non-alcoholics talk about alcoholics and they say oh well it's a selfish disease because it absolutely is and some people Mm -hmm. even say it's not a disease you're just selfish which i absolutely am i'm totally fucking selfish i'm taylor you can be both You, you don't have to be one or the other you can be both but there is a point in time where it be, 
goes past becoming a choice and becomes a necessity. Yeah, mm-hmm. I will if if I have this drink I will die and if I don't have this drink I will die. You know what I mean? Like you're fucked if you do and you're fucked if you don't. Is I this, I physically necess- need this shit, you know. Yeah. It's it's so complex and now we're doing this podcast about it and I wrap my head around it and I'm like this shit is this it's just a fucking puzzle box, you know, like the, all the thinking that goes into it's pretty Being. sinister too. It is. It's sinister as fuck. It is not like Bud Light Lime on the back porch having a good time. Some dude's got a ukulele playing 311. Like no. that wasn't it for me. No. Amber no. is not the color of my energy, Jerry. No, Amber is the color of like me vomiting. You know, like yes. which I never really did, but you know, I, uh, a good I, I did all the time. I never um, did, man. Good for you. I know, right? I don't have Where's to my... anymore. No, me neither. I, I haven't thrown <laughs> up in three and a half years. I don't think. That's great. I mean, yeah, you know what? I haven't thrown up <laughs> once in sobriety. That's great. Feels good. Yeah, we'll see what happens, you know. Um But yeah, it's just the it's that level of manageability. What is it that you are what are you willing to put up with and what are you willing to deal with and you know, when are you going to be ready to want something else? Right. And for some people it just and it's just that and you know, you hear cliched things like slippery slopes. But that's mm-hmm. what happens a little bit at a time. You know, maybe maybe you just lose a relationship and you're like, well, I guess I can be alone. And then maybe you lose your job and you're like, well, I'll be fine for a while. And then maybe you get busted driving drunk and then you're like, well, I don't have a car, but I'll just ride my bike around and I don't have a job to worry about anymore. And I don't have a, a relationship to tell me what to do. And then you're like, so I can do whatever I want. This is great. Although it's not really great. And then, you know, you can't afford to live where you live. And you're like, well, I guess as long as I can, I can go, I got a tent. I can, right. or whatever, however it goes. And so it just becomes. <laughs> I got a tent. <laughs> I don't I'm there, know. I'm I've Urban Daniel there, Boone here, son. I'm <laughs> Urban Daniel Boone with a four loco. I got a tent, son. Right? I got it. Yeah. It's, so, it's, it, yeah, it's funny. It's, it's such a. It's such a cuddly fucking uh, uh, enemy. The enemy's the wrong word. It's like a cuddly monster, right? Because mm-hmm. I also feel like sometimes people get their recovery all in line and they got it together, and then they they, all, they convince themselves that oh, I can manage this. I can drink in moderation. That's totally fine. This dragon has no teeth. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so you go back into it thinking, oh, I can just do one every once in a while. I have a couple of beers on a special occasion, but then it's you just fall right back into it. You know, yeah. you feel like the dragon has no teeth, but the motherfucker's got tons of teeth. You know, you just feel like there's no threat there until, like you said, until that whole fucking domino theory happens that you brought up where you're just, yeah, you're just out there, just urban, urban fucking explorer at that point, you know, <laughs> it's, it's rough at, out there. And you, you, I've met people who have lived that and I've sat with them and, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, you hold hands with somebody like that and it's like, it's heavy. To yeah. feel that and to listen to somebody talk about that and, you know, and it, and you, you, you hear about sometimes, you know, I've heard stories of where people have come from and somebody will tell you this, they've had some exorbitant amount of money just handed to them and it's gone in like four months. Yeah. And it's like, holy shit. So yeah. it's very easy. And I think that we... <clears throat> I think in recovery, it's just a matter of, you know, it for me, it just gives me this sort of guideline. And you've used the phrase course correction and stuff like that. And it's sort of a yeah. textbook for life. And um, 
and without it, you know, we're all we're all working that program one way or the other, whether it's subconsciously, whether we're controlling it or not. Everybody has one. And um, I think, you know, I very I, I everybody I mean, well, I won't say everybody, but I certainly know that I have the potential to fall again. And so that's oh, why yeah. I try to be diligent mm-hmm. with the things that I do every day yeah. in that in that daily uh, in the daily practices that I do. Right. So I don't right. ever want to be at that point of unmanageability that, you know, my my standard of living keeps getting higher and higher. My emotional standard of living, my physical standard of living, the right. the amount of money that I prefer to have in the bank. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? So those things, no, yeah. they, they level up, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't want it to be uh, the things that are unmanageable now would would be a blessing to that person from three and a half year, years ago they'd be like oh man think about that you got you got money you got we could get loaded and so it's kind of just trying oh, to yeah, see it yeah. you know from from those different perspectives so that you know when you get to a point a crisis point of any kind of like oh god should i shouldn't i maybe i could maybe i can't i mean that's why i think about it as much as i do is because i want to understand it and i also I don't want to make any mistakes that are going to have serious consequences. Maybe it's not that first drink. Maybe it's the first drink I have now, and then I don't have another one for like three months, and then, and then I, and then I Halloween party comes, and I get all messed up, and mm-hmm. then I need to have a little something to uh, take the edge off the next day, and but I'll wait until five o'clock, and then you know the next day is the next day is the next day is the next day, and you're already back right. there again. Because mm-hmm. you already so. know what you're capable of, and you already oh, know yes. what's manageable for you until it's unmanageable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're like, I can manage this, I can manage this, I can manage this, and then at one point you're like, oh, this shit is way out of control. I can't manage any of this. My, you know, the 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 benefits I've had is just the quality of my relationships with people and the fact that I'm not causing any major collateral damage to my family or to my daughter you know I, i've got a lot of I, I think once a tiny human came into my life my perspective changed a lot too <laughs> you know i always wonder if i would have even gone down this path if i were single without a daughter but i i really feel like i would have eventually just because i just the option of suicide that was my rock bottom it was just yeah. always there yeah it not it did not become a thing that was i mean i don't know it's polite society we're never we don't ever talk about talk about it but it's mm-hmm. it just always sat in my head you know it's always sat in my head and it's not even like it just in those bad hangovers it wasn't like oh i'll just fucking kill myself but there were points in time where i was i would black out and wake up and just be so grateful that i didn't kill myself because i'm i've done some wild shit and not known i was doing this wild shit and so i'm like that option is now fucking fully on the table like i threw that right like we were playing poker i threw that chicken leg in the middle of the pot <laughs> why are you even bringing a chicken leg to a poker game and i'm like because i'm a fucking wild card mm-hmm. you know so like once it was out there in the open that's when i started really considering and thinking about the direction the path my life was taking if this was a solitary path and i was all by myself taking it and i didn't affect anyone then fine so be it you know like let let I'll trudge the road of fucking unhappy destiny or whatever. But there were so many other people around me that were immediately affected by my decisions, like irrevocably, like in front of me, you know, like, man, I had to really consider that. That was my bottom was it, my bottom. Wasn't me in a hotel room with a bare light bulb, you know, like it wasn't me on the streets. It was just me in a fucking field drunk with a fucking smashed highball glass going, 
is this it? You know, like, is this what the rest of my life is going to be with this kid and my wife? And like, they're going to bounce. So is this, this is what I got, you know, me in a field in Oregon? Yeah. It was, it's crazy shit. You know, everybody's, everybody's stories are different and the same. We just hit our turning point. We came to a turning point, you know, like, yep. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I, I'd all really quick. I'd also like mm-hmm. to say too, you know, the program and I, we, I do it every week, but I just have to say like, it works for us. I, yes. if, if you, if you're listening to this for the first time and you're like, my life is fucking totally a, a dumpster fire and it's unmanageable and I got to get my shit together. We would suggest to you the pro, a program because that worked for us. If you feel like, you know, or if you're in recovery now or just sober now without working a program and that works for you, then keep doing whatever you're doing that works for you. Whatever you're doing. Yeah, man. There's I w- no. Yeah. And I would no strongly suggest <laughs> even therapy. Therapy is super helpful. I mean, you go and talk to asking anyone for help or asking an outside source for their perspective is super valuable. If they have your best interests in mind. Yeah, I think one of the things that recovery does is it gives you the opportunity to ask for help because I never had it before, Mm -hmm. you know? And um, I think that everybody everybody ends up sober one way or the other. Some people just get to live through it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Damn, look at that. (laughs) Happy Um, Halloween. Happy Halloween. Well, this won't come out until after Halloween, but thank you guys. I hope you had a good one. Yeah, (laughs) Um, stay sober. I wanted to ask you about how rock bottom is uh, portrayed in pop culture. You had some thoughts on this. Well, and that was the thing too, right? It's just exactly the way I mentioned it earlier. Mm -hmm. It's just a guy in a torn suit walking around mumbling to fucking Marty McFly. Yeah. Newspaper shoes and shit. And, or, or like it, I, I, I fucking love this trope in TV shows where you introduce a character as a recovering alcoholic and then they let that shit sit over the guy like an umbrella. The whole fucking, is he going to drink or is he not going to drink? Uh, you know what I mean? Oh, his mm-hmm. girlfriend died. He's definitely going to get fucked up now. They put a character in The Walking Dead who was like this total fucking alcoholic and was sober, like a recovering or just a sober alcoholic because he couldn't find booze, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. But then after that, like they always would dangle a bottle there, like in as part of the trope. And that was the that you know what I mean? Like it's not even the way they portray it, rock bottom necessarily, but just even the disease of alcoholism. It's really funny. It's like a really great device for writers because they're like, oh, so and so has been sober for eight years, but he just found a bottle of fucking scotch, you know. And some people would do that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, it's immediate you know. high stakes drama without having to right. uh, write anything right. else. I, I know people who are fucking incredibly wealthy, have it together financially on the outside, appear to have it together completely physically and emotionally. And they're just they just their rock bottoms were fucking low, sad, dark fucking places. But on the, their outward appearance was just one of normalcy or one of functioning. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the term functioning alcoholic, uh, that whole shit. I, and I'm not saying like all oh, the media pushes it out. It's just common. It's just the way common knowledges of it i guess mm-hmm. it's, it's the way that non-alcoholics talk about it. and i have no problem with non-alcoholics i love one very much and it's you know i've i've got mm-hmm. a little eight-year-old one who's running around the house you know <laughs> and like i love them but sometimes they portray it like do you know like there's this common kind of trope around everybody where they're like oh that's it destruction that's it. and tragedy and all this stuff and, tragedy, and yeah. sometimes it's not even that dramatic i mean it it, it on the outside you know it's always right. It's not that you don't you don't see it, and maybe it's just maybe it's just too much wine in the morning, and maybe it's 
maybe it's not. You know, oh, no, I'm serious. <laughs> no, I like, know. You know I'm laughing because, <laughs> like, to me, I'm like, too much in the morning. But yeah, absolutely, yeah. Or, I, or whatever, whatever sort of slippery slope, or whatever sort of um, negotiations you make with yourself. You know, that I would make with myself about mm-hmm. when and how much and what kind and all those things were just this sort of. I, I think, honestly, I think I lived in a very shallow bottom for a very long time. I mean, I didn't, I kind of just wallowed in it. I don't, there was no, it wasn't like everything was just, there was a lot of good times and I don't want to deny those. And and please, please, please. There were some really great times I had while drinking. Right. That was the gate. Right. But that was the <laughs> gate, the gatekeeper mm-hmm. that led to the bad times, you know, mm-hmm. cause you're like, Oh yeah, there was. And I, I don't want to deny any of that because there was some, I met some really great people and had some really awesome times. But I feel like in the last several years of me drinking, I, there were there were um, it just was this sort of wallowing in it and finding a way. Functioning is a generous word. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a very right. generous word to use for me. I made it to work barely. You know, I made the rent barely. I never had any comfort or cushion or of any kind you know forget about fiduciary it was like emotional or anything I had no comfort so it's just really I think one of the big things if I could put something out there is to not judge people by their appearances because again I've sat there with people who seemingly are very affluent and well they look healthy and put together and people who are rough and rugged and worn out and yeah. one of them the first one's one of the most miserable people in the world and the other one is this happy joyous and free character who you just want to be around mm-hmm. so it's just so it's different for everybody hitting your bottom and how you get there yeah. and how long mm-hmm. you stay there and you know it's just the self the level of self-medication and self-management that you were willing to put up with. Word. And the other thing, too, is I and I uh, once again directly mm-hmm. speak to the listener is that the reason why I felt like this was kind of one I was really interested in is, is that if, if you're out there and you're like making dinner or fucking driving to work or maybe you're just, I don't know, cutting hair or whatever you're doing, listen mm-hmm. to this podcast and, and you. Y- you're not sober and you're thinking about getting sober and you have that little alcoholic voice in your brain. That's just being like, Oh, don't worry about it. It's not that bad yet. You're not homeless. You can manage. You know what I mean? Like, don't listen to that fucker. If it's not manageable, you don't have to be homeless for it to not to be manageable. You don't have to be thinking about suicide constantly for it to not be manageable. You don't have to have those horrible, dark fucking things for it to Mm -hmm. not be manageable. It could be just as simple as, I am so preoccupied with this. This this takes up every single room in my mental house. I'm done with this. That's unmanageable right there. You know, you don't got to hit you don't got to feel like, "Oh, I'm not going to hit the ejector seat until this plane's like inches from the ground." Like bail out, you know? If yeah. if it's fucking if you if you're looking at it you're like this doesn't work. It could just be as simple as this is not working. Bail out. You don't need it. You don't and, need it, son. And yeah, life is supposed to be more than just manageable. Yeah, like right? well, I'm just not... alive to just function. Like, yeah, a shoe with the sole taped on it functions. 
Mm-hmm. This soul's gonna come the fuck off one day. You Eventually. know what I mean? Like, yeah, that it functions. Hey, it functions. You know, like, oh, geez. Well, and that's such a it's, it's such a flimsy defense. Hey, yes. man, I function. I paid, hey, I paid the bills. <laughs> like, okay, th- is that it? Is that it, yeah. dude? Like, that's all. That's all you want. And so, I mean. I guess that's that wasn't that just wasn't all I wanted anymore when I would say those things. And oftentimes I wasn't saying them to anybody because I was keeping up appearance appearances relatively right. well. Right. And I would just say it to myself. So now I'm fighting in my own brain about whether or not I can have a drink or have too many drinks or not I shouldn't have any drinks and uh, bargaining. Like, my God. Managing. Get Managing out of there. Always fun. Yeah. And now I just like, oh shit, I didn't know that I could I can feel this good. I can wake right. up happy and I can see the sunshine and I can, I don't want to sleep through the entire day to wake up at twilight and drink some more. That I was went, a miserable existence. Dude, I went from being upright to like being honest, right? Cause people would be like, how are you doing today? And I'm like, Oh, I'm upright. And that was like, <laughs> always my answer. I'm up. Oh, I'm upright. You know, I'm walking around and now people like are like, how you doing? And I'm honest with them. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing too great today. Hopefully it'll get better. Like this person sucks or this situation sucks. Or I can be like, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Or I'm just fair, fair to Midland. I'm just hanging around. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll have a nice cheese later. I don't know. Maybe I have like two nice cheeses. I like, uh, I really like blue cheese, like creamy shit mm, that, stinky. that, yeah. Yeah. Stinky is kind of strong. Speaking of this has nothing to do with cheese, but I was telling this story the other day. I, uh-huh. I, this has necessarily nothing to do with rock bottom, but like I haven't I haven't talked to you yet this week. And I was talking about you and your old roommate. Um, I don't I don't want to put him on blast, no. but you had this old roommate when you guys lived in Seattle, and I'd come up to visit on the Amtrak, and I'd stay with you guys for like five days. And you and your old roommate were in this argument because he found these fucking socks. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they were like. There was nothing special about the fucking socks. They were just like kind of comfy, cotton, white, athletic socks. And you said, hey, man, where do you get those socks? And you guys were getting these petty fucking arguments. And he's like, I'm not going to tell you. And then for like, it was like, how long? Six months? It was like Maybe long. longer. It was like for an extended yes. period of time, he would just bring home these bundles of socks and not tell John where he got the socks. And then I came up with him. And he was like, hey, you want to run some errands with me? I'm going to my dry cleaners. And so I went to the dry cleaners, and then we went and got a drink afterwards. And, but before that, he had bought the fucking socks. And he put the socks. And I had no fucking knowledge of this argument you guys were having. Mm-hmm. And then he looked me dead in the face, and he's like, don't fucking tell John where I buy these socks because I'm driving him slowly crazy. And I know it's fucking driving him crazy, so don't tell him. Like, I've got this one thing on him, right? And then, like, the ver- that fucking night, we were out all drunk. And I was like, hey, John, dude over here gets his socks at the dry cleaners down in, like, Pine Street. <laughs> like, just right off the bat. And I think that was the same night he almost flipped the table over at the nightlight or the knock-knock. Oh, yes. But I was telling someone this story, and they're like, you're a fucking dick. And I'm like, yeah, I was a real dick, dude. <laughs> like, but that was for the greater good. That was, And this story's going out in that podcast. He's got to go out in the podcast. That was All right. the story well- of the rock, <laughs> rock bottom socks, I guess. I don't know, man. This is- Hey, I mean, man, so it's a rock bottom is a sock bottom, you know? I, it's, it's a sock bottom, dude. Yeah, exactly. I just I, no fucking loyalty to anybody. I just uh, was like, I want to sow the seeds of discord here even worse. You know, like, hey, by the way, dude gets his fucking socks up there. Just grab He's your spoon and like, stir the shit. You fucking asshole. I'm going to end your life, you know? <laughs> and, you know, in at that point, and if, if that was, if that came up now, I'd be like, oh, okay. 
I don't cool, need to whatever, know where the socks no big are. Deal, yeah, yeah. But it was just it would just become it was this madness, and I I mean that was that was that was might have been just our antagonistic relationship, which in from my end at least not drinking anymore i try to be i'm much more <laughs> accepting of things than i right. used to be yeah your guys's relationship was like seinfeld with blackouts you know what i mean like <laughs> yes. it was like seinfeld with like just j- jumping out of a moving cab you know Jesus. like yeah totally funny totally painful and argumentative and abusive and yes uh, yeah like do i need to call the police no mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no 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 probably have to drive somebody to the hospital but nobody's yeah. gonna have to call the police but oh man it's so, <laughs> so part that, of me feels like we should i'm sorry to be interrupted no, 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 go part ahead. of me feels like we should end every one of these podcasts with like just one little war story maybe not though that might not be healthy but it makes me laugh though because when you said maybe i have to drive some of the hospital i'm like bing remember the hospital mm-hmm. trip too and i'm like oh jesus well but, if anybody out there listening wants us to do a war story uh drunk a log episode let us know because we and would, if, uh, if yeah and if that makes you feel like gross or gross uncomfortable th- like we won't do it we'll just tell them to each other laugh yeah. but i know some people don't like it and i understand it like i mm-hmm. don't like it sometimes no actually they all kind of make me laugh is that fucked up like except for the sad ones the sad ones make me make my heart hurt really it's bad a, but i think when everybody's laughing it's it's a different story but right and I, right. I think it's important to have some have a great deal of have some humor about things or else you know it would be pretty miserable, but right. I I think, I think if I could say any one thing about that rock bottom, it would be to that, that is different for everyone and that you can't, you can't judge it in somebody else. Yeah. You know, everybody Mm -hmm. has their own, their own brand and style of shit they're dealing with every single day. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. And a little bit of, I think a little bit of empathy goes a long way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, I think I would like to close with, you'll know mm-hmm. it if you're in it, you'll, you'll, you'll know it when you'll see it, you know, you'll feel it, you'll know it and you'll go, Oh, this is it. This is what, this is what those two guys were talking about on the internet. Thank you for listening to A is for Alcoholic. Our music is by Neglect. You can find more of his music at neglectsound.bandcamp.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And contact us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com.